In today's show, we're going to look at players who took big jumps last season or ones that took big drops and what we can make of that. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about some Summer League stuff with Mitch Casey from the Ball Boys. So, we're going to talk some Summer League there. So, be aware of that today. Last, well, last week, what I did was look through players who suffered or profited through big rises in their shooting percentages. Now it's time to look at the other categories. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, all that sort of stuff. Usage as well. Who, who suffered and who uh, who benefited from big rises there. Now, not on a per minute, sorry, not on a per game basis, on a per minute basis. So I'm using per 36 numbers to account for changes in roles and, well, not changes in roles, yeah, minutes and changes like that. We'll, we'll see that in a second. So it's not just about, hey, you played more minutes, therefore you scored more points or got more rebounds. We're looking at guys who suffered changes in their permanent production. What that means and where we go from here across a bunch of different categories. So we're going to do it now. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's look at scoring. With the top four players in terms of guys that improved on a per 36 basis and the top four that regressed. And it's really, really interesting to see the names at the top of this list. Desmond Bain suffered. I need not suffer. Why do I keep saying suffer? Desmond Bain improved his scoring by nine points per 36 minutes. So it's not that he played more minutes. He did play more minutes. It's not just that. It's that his scoring just went through the roof. Ja Morant, his teammate, also plus 8.3 per 36. These are pretty gigantic changes. It does help that Dylan Brooks was out for big chunks of the season. And then when he came back, Ja would sit and then Bain would sit. They didn't have to coexist together. So how this all works this season will be very interesting. What it also indicates to me with those two, I'm grouping them together because they're on the same team and they took gigantic steps forward, is that I don't think we should look at progression for Bain and Morant as linear. So we go, well, they did this last season. Look at that big improvement. There's another big improvement coming. It might not be the case. It might top out and they stay the same or in some cases they regress. And I'm really looking at Bain there. Like a nine-point rise in scoring per 36... Yeah, there's a chance that that drops off you know, from what his numbers were last year, that that drops. Maybe it's one or two points per 36, but there is a chance that it drops. So just be aware of that. Jordan Poole went up six and a half points per 36. That's interesting. Obviously, he improved his game a lot, and that's with Clay Thompson back, but that also ties in 
almost perfectly, in fact, basically perfectly, to a guy that's on the scoring fallers. Steph Curry fell 6.5 points per 36. Jordan Poole gained 6.5 points per 36. It's not as simple as Poole just took Curry's shots, but it is, it is interesting that those numbers mirror each other. So Poole took that big step forward. Again, like when we're talking to Bain, do we expect Poole to take another leap forward when he will have a full season of Clay Thompson? Now, I know the general assumption seems to be, well, they won a title, so Steph's just going to sit every back-to-back. They're going to keep him at 30 minutes a night. And, and I honestly just don't think that's going to be the case. Will they be more cautious with him? Sure, right? But they're not going to say, Steph, you played 28 minutes a night, uh, 60 games, and we'll see how it goes. I, I just I cannot see that being the case. But it was interesting to see Poole jump up that much. And this one, DeMar DeRozan leaping 6.3 points per 36 minutes. It's almost unheard of. Moving to a new team is, is tough enough already. Doing it on a team where Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic were there as big scorers. Going from a team where he was the number one option. It's one of those freak outlier type performances that if you try and project that for other players moving forward, you will get burnt every time, basically. There was just no... I don't even know if there's, no, if there's any historical precedent for a guy at that age on a new team, joining high-usage players, jumping his scoring rate as much as DeMar did. I think there is real regression risk and overdrafting risk for DeRozan this season based on just an astonishing leap that he took last year. In terms of guys that fell... Talked about Steph already. He was down six and a half points per 36. And it's one of those things, again, that if we just look at the rankings from the year prior and draft off that, we will make mistakes. Steph was the clear number two player in 2020-2021. And he was challenging Jokic for number one for big portions of that season. Um, scored an unbelievable clip, like 33 points per 36 minutes. And we knew that we weren't getting a healthy Clay Thompson to start this season. Right, but Steph, the shooting numbers has dropped off. The scoring obviously dropped off. Everything fell away. And he didn't finish the season as a top five player on a per game basis. Now, do I expect Steph to suffer another fall? Probably not. But what it does just give us that indication is that things aren't secure. If I come back and do this show next season and Big Chungus Nikola Jokic, I know this is going to be blasphemous. If Jokic is on this list, losing five points per 36 minutes because Jamal Murray, Michael Porter are back and some of his high shooting numbers falls a little bit, don't be shocked. It, it can, obviously, Steph Curry, one of the best players of all time, you can say top five, top 10, whatever you want to say, top 15, best players of all time who just won a championship, suffer to drop that much. It can happen. Dylan Wright down 5.8 points per game. Okay, cool. And the other one, we talked about Poole and Curry mirror, mirroring each other. That's a hard word to say. Mirroring each other. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Vucevic moved down 5.8 points per 36 minutes, while DeRozan went up 6.3. So we thought Vuce would take a hit. I hated him as a second-round player. Um, I thought he was more of a third-round guy, but even that probably ended up being wrong. Um, I actually don't remember where he ended up falling in the rankings. I probably should look that up. But realistically, his scoring all just funneled towards DeRozan. And yeah, that's yeah, that's sort of where we are, isn't it? 
pushed across into that area and we saw that big drop off. And the way that he is going in his age and his game, I'm not certain how much better it gets uh, for him this season. But there is real bounce back possibility. If DeRozan falls off and Vooch jumps up, it might not happen. But just be, be aware of, of those two things that did happen with the Chicago Bulls. But I do have to tell you right now, of course I do, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and all of your sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball and NBA Summer League. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts and more. This season it is the fastest and easiest way to check on check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. If we have a look, I'm going to crack open the betonline.net website, look at some summer league games. Whoa, get excited about that. There's one today. We've got a late one, the Grizzlies and the Wolves, and the Grizzlies are four and a half point favorites. I reckon the Grizzlies will take that. LaRavia out there, uh, big uh, rowdy David Roddy. Um, or David Roddy Piper, whoever you want to say it. He's out there as well. Um, Josh Minot for the Timberwolves. Interesting game. Four and a half points for the Grizzlies. And you can check that out all over on betonline.net. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at players and their three-point shooting. Familiar name at the top, Desmond Bain. 1.3 extra threes per 36 minutes. Usage. Shooting numbers. Not that he wasn't a good shooter as a, as a rookie, but he maintained that. But it was just usage. I'm not... Yeah, we've talked about Bain enough. I don't need to focus on that. The thing that is very interesting here is Keldon Johnson. Went up 1.33s made per game per 36. He was a guy who had a horrific fantasy profile, really. He'd get points and rebounds. He'd do it inefficiently with no steals, blocks, assists, and low-volume threes. Towards the end of last season, especially the second half, he really, really ramped up the three-point shooting. And this season, with no DeJounte Murray, he's going to be asked to take on a larger usage role. So don't be surprised if Keldon does appear on this list again because of that trajectory. One of my criticisms of Keldon was all he does is put his head down and tries to bull to the rim and does nothing else. Won't pass, no steals, no blocks, no defense, no threes, no nothing. Right? But he's introduced the threes the last two months of the year or whatever it was. And now he's got that opportunity where he's going to have to take a lot more shots and have the ball a lot more, and let's see what he can do. That's one to watch. Luke Kennard went up 1.13s per 36, and Lamelo Ball as well. We had some concerns of Ball shooting heading into the NBA, but taking that big of a leap and hitting that many threes as a second-year guy, I wouldn't be shocked if Lamelo's in the discussion to be a first-round draft pick this season for fantasy. I think he finished 15th last season. So don't be shocked with uncertainty around a bunch of guys. Do you want to take Kevin Durant? We don't even know where he's going to be at this point. Do you want to take um, Kawhi Leonard? Do you want to take Anthony Davis, LeBron James? You might not. Do you want to? Where do you want to bank on the uncertainty of Dejounte Murray and Trey Young? There's not that much uncertainty with Lamelo Ball. I know Miles Bridges isn't going to be there, um, but Lamelo can big take big steps forward. Vooch dropped 1.13s per 36. Just, again, lack of usage and just the shooting wasn't there. Brandon Ingram, 1.3 per 36 fewer per game. I do think that that'll stabilize and rise up a little bit because he won't be working the mid-range as much when he's playing with Zion, I don't think. He'll do a little bit more catch and shoot. We know point Zion, all the big power drives from Zion here that gets to the bucket or he kicks it out. Whereas this season, it was Ingram 
being the guy who had the ball most of the time. So I'd expect some of that three-point shooting to improve. Joe Ingles down one three per 36, and this is before his ACL tear. His career is, is dropping off. And then Steph, one, almost one three per game fewer per 36. Again, this it's not just... Um, it wasn't just usage. It's some of his shooting percentages dropped off as well. He was still, he's still great, but he just wasn't quite Steph. Rebounds. Let's look at players whose rebound rates change considerably. And at number one, big chungus, Nikola Jokic, went up 2.9 rebounds per 36. That is a big number. Now, two, I should have clarified this at the start of the show. I'll clarify it now. When I'm using these numbers and telling you that Jokic had the biggest rebound change per 36, I use cutoffs. 40 games played, 18 minutes a night. So you had to have done those two things in the last two seasons. So I didn't want someone who played 10 games in 10 minutes and then jumped into 70 games in 30 minutes and saw a big rise because I don't think that tells us as much. These are guys who had not necessarily stable roles, but they played enough to give us a good sample size in both years. And Jokic's numbers, the number one rebound riser. Big, 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 um, you know, we, we thought he'd be number one, but he took that game to a new level. And what's the reason for that? Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. is a pretty good rebounder. He was replaced by Jeff Green, better rebounder than Jeff Green. Um, probably more missed shots without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter putting them in, enabling Jokic to get more of those rebounds. Probably a little bit more in terms of reliance upon Jokic to be on the court to get those rebounds. So that's just just something to monitor. That while Jokic was the runaway number one player this season and he should be the number one player in every single draft this upcoming year, if he doesn't finish at number one, don't be surprised. This happens all the time. Rob Williams, the rock DJ. Rock DJ. That's big from him. We're going to see his name a couple other times on the, uh, this show. But improving that rebound rate as much as he did is huge because he played alongside another center in Al Horford, not the greatest rebounder, of course. But one of those guys, and we see this often, players who thrive in reserve roles with big per 36 numbers that when they move into becoming starters, the per 36 rates drop. That's a common thing. That's how we should project it. But he did the opposite. He went from a lower, a lower role, a lower minute, a reserve role to becoming a starter and his rebound rate increased. Doesn't happen like that always, but big jump. Kyle Kuzma went up 2.3 rebounds. Don't really know what to make of that. I don't know where Kuzma fits this season. Hachimura will be there from the start. Denny Avdi is in his third year. Porzingis. Like where does, I don't know what to expect from Kuzma. I do expect him to drop off. But his rebound numbers were really, really strong. And Wendell Carter Jr. plus 2.3. Played more minutes, got more rebounds per 36. He played next to Paolo this season. I think he's a better rebounder than Bunkero. I don't think he's going to split minutes down the middle with Wendell, uh, with Mo Bumba. I think that would be stupid from the Magic. But it was a big improvement from Wendell. We thought Russell Westbrook would lose out on rebounds, but he, he suffered huge. Minus 4.1 per 36 next to Davis and LeBron. We thought they'd all suffer a little bit of a dip. But I, I didn't expect Westbrook to drop that far. That's a big drop from Mr. Triple Double in Washington down to this. Um, I, I don't know how much is going to change this season. He's still going to be on the lake as it looks like. I think it might be more of the same. Andre Drummond, 
Now, he comes from a high level, obviously, but down 2.7 rebounds per 36. Nothing to do with Joel Embiid. Nothing to do with that. Like, just rebounding numbers tended to... They just dropped off as he got a little bit older. Clint Capella down 2.5. Again, it's not a minutes thing. His rebound rate was extraordinarily high the previous season. And it's one of those things that we preach again. If someone puts up historically high numbers, unbelievable rates of things, they can still be good, but they might suffer a 10, 20% drop-off. And that's what happened to Clint. And Royce O'Neal dropped 2.1 per 36, but that's not really that impactful, I don't think. I don't think. Assist numbers is where it gets pretty interesting, I think. Number one, most assists, biggest rise, DeJounte Murray, 3.8 per 36 minutes. Now, I have started projections for next season, and I've done one team so far, and it's the Atlanta Hawks. And the DeJounte numbers, they don't look particularly encouraging. They're still solid, but they don't encourage him because we can go and have a look at DeJounte Murray and his numbers. Look back two years when he played alongside Derek White, DeJon, uh, so DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge for a little bit of time. They weren't particularly good. They were fine, but he didn't average the nine assists per game that he averaged last season. He didn't even average the two steals per game that he did last season. He didn't average the scoring. He didn't average the rebounds. All that stuff fell. Look, it improved gigantically last season. And now... He moves from the team where he's the number one guy, the guy with the ball in his hands the whole time, to Trey Young's team. So don't be surprised if DeJounte's on this list next season, but in the bottom half with the biggest drop-off in assists per 36. It was a one-year spike from DeJounte. We have not seen sustained levels of this passing from Murray. And while improvement is definitely a part of it, opportunity is also a big part of it, probably a bigger part of it. And I don't expect him to maintain that level. And I expect a significant drop. Tyrese Halliburton up 2.8. A little bit of opportunity there as well. Darren Fox had some injury concerns in Sacramento. And then when he headed to Indiana and Brogdon was out, big numbers. And he's going to put up huge... Tyrese Halliburton, I talked about LaMelo Ball being a first-round draft pick. I don't I don't think Tyrese will go in the first round, but I also think there's a chance he finishes there because there's just no one around. And he's got an unbelievably fantasy-friendly game. You see, a long-term superstar to lead your team to glory, I actually don't think that at all. I don't think he's anywhere near that. Look, but he might average 25 and 9 with you know, 1.5 steals and 0.7 blocks on 48, 85, something like that. Like, big numbers. He's got that opportunity to do it. Darius Garland up 2.5 assists. There's a chance that regresses a little bit. Rubio's back at some point. I don't know what's happening with Sexton at this stage. Garland is still going to run things. Colin Sexton, despite what your fantasy provider might tell you, is not a point guard. And he would not share ball handling duties or assist opportunities with Garland. But Garland did really have to ramp up and play gigantic minutes down the stretch because there was no Rubio, because there was no Sexton. Levert is also there as well. But I would expect Garland's numbers to come down a little bit assist-wise, while Jordy Poole up 2.1. He played a lot of backup point guard last season. There's no reason that he's not going to do that again, I don't think. Yeah, Moses Moody might join the rotation. DiVincenzo will join the rotation, but I think Poole will still be the guy with the ball in his hands. Westbrook, we thought his rebound numbers was a big decline. He's 4.7 assists per 36 down. He just didn't have the ball in his hands. Now, I think that his assist numbers will rise this season. There was a little bit, and I'm going to do more in-depth diving in this. There was a little bit of, yeah, the passing was still not as bad as that might uh, appear, and just the shots weren't going in. So I think he might rise a little bit, but not a great scenario. Draymond down negative 2.1. Interesting. Balancing completely with Jordan Poole there. 
Bam Adebayo down two assists per game. That was a e- that was an easy one to see coming with Kyle Lowry joining. We predicted he was going to drop off his assists. He did significantly. Um, and depending on how this Heat team looks, I wouldn't expect him to bounce back to 2020-2021 assist levels. And DeMar DeRozan, he shifted usage for assists. We saw big assist numbers for him in San Antonio. And it, and while you know, I did have concerns about where his usage would be in Chicago, I also had concerns about his assists, playing alongside Lonzo, alongside Zach Levine, even Vooch, who passes a little bit. I didn't think DeRozan would get the same level of assists that he got in San Antonio, and at least I was right on that one. I didn't expect the scoring explosion, but he did suffer that drop in assists, which, based on um, circumstance, was, you know, in hindsight, I guess, relatively easy to see. If you want parts for your car, it's relatively easy to see exactly where you should be getting them. And the answer to that is not at a local chain auto parts store. Why would you bother? It's such a waste of time and a waste of money to go to these places, line up, wait for the bloke behind the counter, tell him about everything you need, and then he just gives you something and overcharges you. Why would you spend 30, 50, 70, 100% more for the same parts? Go to Rock Auto, an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything that you would need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com and check out all those available parts for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Let's look at steals. Biggest jump in steals. And it's good to see the numbers back this up because I talked about this and I was not big on Gary Trent last season in the preseason at all. I got it wrong because I looked at him and go, he is a guy who scores and does nothing else. And the scoring is so... It's so unreliable. It's so variable game by game where he just has horrendous shooting nights that there's nothing to back it up. And then he came out and went, all right, I'm going to be the greatest steals man in the history of the world. And as I will consistently say to you, if you are banking on otherworldly improvements, historical type rises, and banking on that as the rationale behind your fantasy pick, you are doing it wrong. I am absolutely no problem with getting it wrong on Gary Trent and saying I didn't believe in him as a draftable player because if I came in and just picked a random guy, let's just pick a random player on on a list of guys here. DeMontis Sabonis, right? Who averaged one steal and 0.4 blocks last season. If I come out this season and project him and go, you know what? DeRose is going to average 1.7 steals and two blocks. There's no rationale for that. There's no, you can't look at that and go, well, that makes sense. Right here he is, top ten player. Draft him in top ten. You can't you can't rationalize that. Gary Trent played in Portland and in Toronto to end last season. He didn't have that steal rate, and then he came out and just blew us. Look, that that's that is a gigantic steal rate rise. That's not his steal rate. That is his steal rate increase. And you're gonna miss on those things. Like you know, a few years ago, you missed on Brandon Ingram going from a 27% three point shooter to 42% and a 65 free throw guy to 85. You miss those things because if you project them. You're stupid. Simple as that. You can't project those historic type prizes and they will always happen. There's always going to be one or two of those, but how do you how do you single them out out of 500 players? I hope that makes sense. Jay Crowder went up 0.6. Desmond Bain went up 0.6. And like I mentioned before, DeJounte Murray. In the rare case of a guy upping his offensive load, he was also able to increase his defensive ability. Now, 
in previous seasons, when he hadn't had that offensive load, he wasn't this steals guy who averaged two per game. He wasn't. So there's no guarantee. I, I, there is more of a guarantee, and it's not a guarantee, but there's more of a guarantee of DeJounte's usage and assists dropping than there is of his steals maintaining this season. It might happen. He might improve his steals this season, but it is very, very far from a guarantee. It's not a, look what DeJounte, he always does this because he always didn't do this. His steal rate rose considerably last season. That is a big rise, 0.5. Steals are low numbers. 0.5 per 36 is a big rise. That's basically a 25% rise in his steal numbers while increasing offensive load. So that is why he shocked so many people by being as good as he was. In terms of guys that drop their steal rate, it's guys, you know, Terrence Ross, sure. Karis Levert, never a high steals guy, but really lost completely in that area. Um, fan of pants, Kevin Herter. I don't know what to make of him this season in Sacramento with Malik Monk there and Davion Mitchell. I don't think he's going to get consistently over 30 minutes a night, but I could be wrong. And then Brandon Clark, who had really, really high steal numbers in college, and that has not tra- translated to the NBA, but he is going to get way more volume this season because of the absence of Jaron Jackson for big chunks to begin this season. Let's look at blocks. And then lastly, we'll finish off with usage. Darius Baisley played a lot more at center this season. 0.6 blocks per 36. We're not drafting him under any circumstance in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues. I don't think he's going to start. I don't think he's going to play 28 minutes. But he improved his block rate, which is good. LeBron James, he played a lot more at center. And wouldn't you know it? More blocks. Rob Williams, again, one of those absolute outliers from Williams because when players with high block rates who do so in 20 minutes coming off the bench move into a a 30-minute-a-night role, you generally look at that and go, well, I'm going to drop their block rate because they're more cautious. They try and stay out of foul trouble more, so the block rate goes down. He broke the mold here. Is there a chance that that regresses? Sure, because that was an abnormal... Uh, improvement from him last season. And then Grant Williams played more center. Block rate went up. I don't think he's going to be a fantasy option, Grant, in this coming season, but he was impressive at times. In terms of guys that dropped, massive drop from Chris Boucher. 0.9 blocks per 36. He was playing a little bit more at the four because they had a bunch of centers, not good ones, but a bunch of them. Birch, Achua, Thad Young at, at times got brought in. And all those guys are still there. And they added Christian Coloco. Plus, they played Siakam at the five. So the Boucher block rate... Boucher used to be that per 36 stud that on a per 36-minute basis, he'd be like a top 40 player. And we, everyone would be just you know panting. Man, give him the minutes, give him the minutes, give him the minutes. Um, he didn't deserve those minutes, but that the people would look for that. And the per 36 has dropped significantly last season. Boucher got a contract, which I thought was too much for what he is as a player. Um but just be aware that his per 36s did drop quite a bit. Clint Capella, I have a feeling, he's not old, he's like 27, 28, but age, injuries, heel, Achilles, ankle, he's just catching up with him a little bit. A big drop in rebound rate, a big drop in block rate. And that's a bit of a concern. And there's the presence of Nkongwu coming behind him. Rashawn Holmes down 0.6 blocks. He's not draftable at this point. Backup center for the Kings. And block rate just disappeared last season. And then Rudy Gobert. And is this an indicator of age at age 30 already catching up to him? Hmm. I think he'll be similar this season to what he was last season, but we really want to watch that trend with block numbers. Usage. 
who had the big usage rises and falls. Reggie Jackson, usage jumped eight percentage points. Well, that's not going to happen because not only is he battling John Wall for the starting spot, but Kawhi Leonard is back. So that big Reggie Jackson usage bump is cooked. Bain and Morant, the next two highest usage jumps. When we look at them, we saw the big improvements. The question you ask is, do they maintain? Do they upward trajectory or do they regress? And, and I don't think the upward trajectory after that level of improvement continues. But they had big jumps. And then Tyler Hero, up a lot of usage. I wasn't... I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan as a player. I think yeah, he, he scored well. They gave him a lot of opportunities. And I think they're going to be still limited with, with Jimmy and Kyle resting games. And that will enable Tyler Hero to get a lot more shots. But does he have another level in him? I'm not sure about that. The big avocado, Andre Drummond, 8.3 points usage percentage points dropped off. Big drop. And whether that's self-awareness from him, because he was much better as a backup versus whatever nonsense we were seeing for him in Cleveland and the Lakers the year before, where he'd go out there and go, I'm the best player in this team. Let me do everything. And I consistently ragged on him the whole time for being the most unself-aware NBA player. He improved that significantly last season. And now he's the backup center for the Bulls. And hopefully he maintains that lower usage. Shake Milton, down 8%. With De'Anthony Melton there now, with Isaiah Joe pushing, with James Harden a full season, Milton's not going to get that high usage back. He's not very good. Dillon Wright down 6% and Rudy Gay down 5.5%. Rudy Gay might see the usage jump up because we don't know what the Jazz are doing. They've already lost O'Neal and Gobert. Did they do anything with Bogdanovich and Conley and Mitchell? Who knows? But there might be more opportunities for Gay, but that's not really going to matter much, I don't think, for fantasy. And that, guys, will do it for today. Going to talk some Summer League tomorrow with Mitch Casey, so tune in for that one. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.